podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, the shark bait has such teeth, dear, and it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heat, babe, and it keeps it up. So welcome everybody to this latest episode of Macklin's Take with me, Andy Clark and Matt Macklin. It's Christmas week, so we're going to have a little bit of a look back over the year in the company of our guest today, Secretary of the British Boxing Board of Control, Robert Smith, who we see up and down the country all the time. We were with him in Bournemouth on the weekend um, for what was a really good show, actually, to, to round the, the year off. And, and just another good example of how... If you're him, really, you very rarely get to just sit there and actually watch some good fights. There's always something that happens. And on Saturday, it was uh, it was a miscreant gum shield. Corey Gibbs's gum shield kept coming out again and again and again and again. And referee Sean McAvoy had to kind of handle that situation. And uh, our man was keeping a close eye on it. Uh, a couple of weeks, no, two, three weeks before that, we had we had a couple of interesting incidents at Alexandra Palace as well with... Um, with protective equipment for one of the fighters. Um, a fighter turned up a female fighter without a protector. And then we had an issue around the around the ambulances as well. So those two shows just kind of highlight that there is always something going on. Um, it's never the case that you can just sit there and, you know, you see all these politicians at the World Cup final last night and uh, they're sitting in incredible seats, uh, weighted on hand and foot and, the best access and exit from the stadiums and they just get to sit there and enjoy it. That's not, it's not, it's not really the case for you, Rob, is it in fairness? Uh, no, and it's not. Um, but um, I did enjoy Saturday. Actually, I thought it was a very good show. Um, obviously the last TV show of the year. Um, but obviously there was, I think there was seven or eight shows that weekend. Uh, last one yesterday, we got one more on Thursday. So it's still a busy period for us, but I thought Saturday was a very good. And there was, there was obviously, um, uh, would you call it dramas with the gum shield? I don't suppose it was really just one of those things. But um, but the week before with Ali Pali with the ambulances was a bit um, annoying, but that's how it goes. Just one of those things. So, but we got through it and we're here. Yeah, it's a good venue as well, isn't it, Matt? The, uh, the International Centre. I wasn't down there in July, but just sitting there on, on Saturday, you've got this kind of, I guess it's a conference centre really, that place. But what, what that room looks like is, is like a massive theatre. And where the ring is is where the stage would be for the, yeah, for if you did put on a kind of production there. That 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 that's how it's set up, and that's what it it kind of looks like. And I think everybody suspected that you could really do something with Chris Billum Smith in Bournemouth, and 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 you absolutely can. I mean, that's turned out to be true. And if they could get outside for a a fight in the summer at the at the football stadium against any of those world champions, I mean that that's going to be absolutely tremendous. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as uh, I wouldn't say it was quite as plush as the old Wembley Conference Centre, but it was, but it was a good ring in it. But it reminded me of the Wembley Conference Centre in the way that it was set up, and um, there were some great fights there, Wembley Conference Centre. Um, but yeah, I think the fact that uh, Billy Smith has been crying out—I mean, he's had a good good career, hasn't he? He's had some hard fights. He had his only loss was a split decision to react poor, and that that's actually a, a performance that has aged better because, you know, you see what Reactor has gone on and done since then. And that's a fight, that's a rematch that can definitely happen down the line. But yeah, he's, he's really, he's, he's got good momentum now. And the fact that he's uh, been involved in two good fights, I mean, the Chamber, the Isaac Chamberlain one was one of the fights of the year, uh, absolute cracker in the summer. And then, you know, not on quite on that level this weekend, gone, but a breathtaking Knockout, probably one of the contenders for knockout of the year. So I think, with in terms of promoting a fighter and his profile and his um, reputation, will will have grown enormously over the last six months over the course of those two fights. So I think if they can get him a world title shot next, they were talking about possibly May. Then you know it's a punt. It's a big jump to go from that size of an arena to an outdoor football stadium. But if you get the world title shot and you get a long build-up to promote it and you really get behind it and sky push it, hey, it could definitely happen. Mm, absolutely. I think Bournemouth, and also the other thing, Matthew, is that it's not a huge boxing area. So um, 
you know, he's the first boxer you can remember coming back from that area sort of thing. So uh, it's a nice part of the world. It was a, it was a nice weekend. The weather was good. And, um, you know, Bournemouth football ground is not the biggest ground in the world. You know, it holds about, what, 10, what, 10 15,000 people uh, for football. What's going to hold for boxing? I don't know, 15,000, 20,000. And I'm fairly sure he could fill it. And, um, you know, people want to go and see boxing matches. And it also, more importantly, he's a really nice guy. He's a very personal chap and he can fight. So well, why not go and see him? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, and I think you know, you, you, you just got to promote it properly. You bring in the football team, especially if you're using their ground. And I think, I think the, that Bournemouth are starting to and will definitely get behind him if he gets that world title shot. I think so. I think so. As I say, he's a nice boy. More than forget everything else, he's a nice chap, and uh, he talks very, very well. He comes across very, very well. He's good for for TV, etc. And uh, that's what we need. And I'm sure he'll do good. Yeah, absolutely. He's good for the sport, Chris. He's he's definitely good for the sport, and he understands the kind of media side of it too. He understands that he needs to give a bit of himself, um, and he's happy to he's happy to do that. So it would be it'd be brilliant to see him outdoors in that in that stadium. It's 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 tough against any of those world champions, but if ever a, a setting or a scenario is going to inspire you to to box out of your skin um, and get that title, get get over the line, then that would be it. I think about Tony Bellew against against Maccabi when he won his world title at Goodison. Um, that was a rough old ride. He went down early, didn't he, Tony? But he got back up and he and he got the win. And the scenes that night were were absolutely were, were mega, weren't they? And and it'd be great to see something um, like but it, that again. But and it's something that didn't really happen when I was boxing. You know, it was York Hall, Albert Hall, Wembley Conference Centre, you know, Wembley Arena, etc. Suddenly, I suppose Eddie kind of brought in stadiums, and then Frank followed, etc. Maybe Frank started. With Bruno and and uh, and um, I forget now, but a long time ago. Um, but you know, stadiums weren't really a big well, thing. Was more, it, was big Robert, it was Michael Watson and Eubank White Hart Lane. Yeah, the first, that's the first one I remember. And I wasn't working for the board then, but that's the first, that's the first one I remember. Before that, I mean, I boxed at Wembley Conference Centre quite a lot. York Call a huge amount of times. Albert Hall, Wembley, and that was about it. Um, and you know, a bit like yourself, I suppose, really. But. Um, Obviously, you luckily, luckily for you, you're a bit after me, but um, but uh, just how it works out. But stadiums weren't really a big thing, so everybody wants to box in the stadium now. So, which is really good. Just unfortunately, with Britain, um, the weather's not the best thing on the planet, so you've just got to be lucky. As they well, were the other day at Wembley. You've been all, you've, Spurs, sorry, you you got lucky a few times, Robbie. That the weather's meant we've had to come to Cardiff, which suits you. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> It rains all the time in Cardiff, Matthew. You know that. <laughs> Every time you get to the bridge, it starts raining. But still, there you go. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right about the stadium fight. So I've, I've been really lucky the last few years. And, and this year, actually, um, Wembley Spurs. And then I slotted one in in Albania with Florian Marku. So, <laughs> you know, an outdoor fight. There's, there's nothing yeah. like it. Boxing in the open air is... is it's, it's just brilliant. Um, okay, I know, well, I know we're skipping to December. I know you want to do it sort of maybe chronologically, but when you think about, I've got to be honest, I didn't think Chisora Fury was going to sell as good as it did. Even though I know Fury is a massive star, I know Chisora is a fan's favourite because of what he brings yeah. to the fight. He always leaves everything in the ring. I just thought it's happened twice before December, outdoors, cold, pay per view. Is it going to sell? But there was, there was a good crowd there, wasn't there? That's why Frank's such a good promoter. He took a gamble and it worked. And, uh, you know, he's been doing it for a long, long time. You can't knock, you can't knock it. Um, I get on well with Frank. We have disagreements, but that was a ballsy thing to do. December, early December in Great Britain is a very, very brave thing to do. And he did it and he got away with it. So um, that's how it goes. Actually, we'll go, we'll go in reverse then. We'll start, we'll start with the most recent things um, and backpedal towards the, the beginning of the year, because I think that maybe makes a bit more sense. I'm probably the same ballsy thing to do, actually. So I shouldn't say that. No, no, but it, but it it is a ballsy thing. You know, it is a ballsy, Frank's a risk taker, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? But educated risk. He's been doing it a long time. And I I think that was a risk to go early December outdoors with, with the fight. He's already won twice, but, Listen, he, fair play to him. He promoted it well and, and they and they turned up, didn't they? But don't, but don't you think, Matthew, actually, I think boxing crowds kind of change a little bit. I mean, um, I, a lot of those people, maybe 60% of them were just there for the event, maybe. Yeah. And 
The rest of them were boxing fans. Um, if you can get, what, 10 grand, 10,000 people after that to come back to the next show, you've done well. But I think it was more of an event to begin with. Um, yeah, I think I think with Fury and AJ, you attract a lot of people that would probably never go to another boxing match. Yeah, absolutely right. And I, I'm always a huge believer in that. If you can get 80% of people going there and 10% might come the next time, then you've done well. Um, but ultimately, it's how it's marketed. It's how it's sold, etc. You've got two people who can talk. You can do this. You know, you can sell something. And it's well, ultimately we're entertainment, and that's what it is. It's a night out and it's entertainment. <coughs> and we had we had a stadium fight back in April as well. Uh, whilst we're on that theme, obviously Tyson Fury, Dillian White, similar kind of situation. Although Dillian White chose not to really participate too much in the. In the build-up, that seemed to be his his tactic. But there were ninety four thousand uh, at Wembley. I was I was one of them down there working for Talk Sports. And and again, you know, it's 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 kind of a sign of what's been happening in the last few years that promoters are still kind of playing top trumps in a way. Because for Frank, it was important for Tyson. It was important that they got the ninety four. So it was above the ninety thousand that that Joshua had um, a couple of times. At Wembley, and and that you know that was another. I think you went, Matt, didn't you? That that was another. Yeah. It was a terrific occasion. The fight. This was a little bit of a theme this year because Fury Tazora was not a competitive fight. Fury Dillian White, as it turned out, was not a competitive fight. Khan Brook, as it turned out, was not a competitive fight. But they were all just great, great nights. Uh, and Fury White, I thought the ring walks and the job that BT did with it that night was, in particular, I thought was great. Yeah, I think I think. The Brooke Khan thing, um, well, if you're being really honest, and I'm fairly sure they would be very honest, they're at the end of their career, ultimately. Um, and you got what you got. Um, and Amir just had a bit less than than Kel, Kel did, ultimately, if you're really honest. With regard to, to Tyson, Dillian White, I was more, uh, the wrong word to say, disappointed. I did, he just didn't perform. And, and maybe he didn't perform because Tyson was... I would say Tyson's a very hard man to beat. He's six foot nine, right? He's six foot nine and he's good. And he's very fast for such a big man. Um, and to get to him is difficult. Anybody to get to him is difficult. Um, but Dillian, I don't think, really turned up that night or just couldn't turn up. You know, you can only do what you're about and let you do sometimes. Do you know what, Robert? I felt exactly the same. I was, I left just feeling like, really, is that it? You know, but I think that knowing Dillian, it won't be that he didn't try. It was just because I think Fury just didn't let him. Oh, no, no, he tried. Yeah. He just couldn't. Yeah. You know, you know, as well as I do, in our amateur days and pro days, sometimes somebody's better than you. And there's not much more you can do than keep trying. And he certainly tried. But he just wasn't good enough, unfortunately. And um, that's life, isn't it, ultimately? So how how different are stadium fights for for the board compared to a a normal venue, if you like? Because there's kind of logistics involved in there, aren't there? There's the the backstage area is just a lot bigger. Um, Everything's a lot further away. Uh, The access for the emergency services is in one way simpler because... They have to do that every week for, for football whenever they have um, you know, a big football match there. That's something they have to be able to do. But again, it's getting people away from ringside takes longer. Uh, we were commentating on, uh, it wasn't this year, but Callum Smith, Lennon, Castillo, where you had to remove the bottom rope to get Castillo out of the ring and then out of the out of the arena. I mean, it must present different challenges for for you and your team, uh, those, those really big, big arena, big stadium fights. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad you actually acknowledge that kind of thing because um, I, I think working in big stadiums is make possibly easier because they're used to running big events every week. Um, and, you know, with, with regard to the medical cover, that, I mean, you could have, you, you ultimately could have an operation in those places, for Christ's sake. The medical rooms are fantastic, et cetera, where obviously York Hall and places like it are not, are not like that. Um, it's just a distance, ultimately. It's a long way from ringside to dressing rooms, etc., which takes time. But um, but ultimately, um, they're very, very well equipped. Um, but it just takes time. And time when somebody's injured is a huge factor. Um, but, you know, we saw that thing with the Callum Smith fight. 
they, the, the doctors and medical staff and paramedics did a fantastic job, you know. But redu reducing the a bottom rope down is exactly the same at Spurs or Wembley than it is at York Hall. So uh, same job, ultimately. Just takes a bit longer sometimes. I know, I know we were thinking of doing this chronologically forwards or backwards, Andy, but sometimes you just I think we've lost that, Matt. We've lost that a long time ago. Oh, that's, yeah. that, that, that ship has sailed, Matt, Clint. We'll, we'll, yeah. just, we'll just do what we normally do and go wherever. <laughs> well, I, no, because I'm just thinking, you mentioned the bottom rope there. I was thinking Wood Conlon. You know, what a fight it was. Unbelievable fight. I was at it just as a, as a friend supporting Mick. And uh, he, the best he's boxed by a million miles as a professional was a minute away from winning, becoming world champion, gets caught. You know, and credit to Lee Wood, obviously, he never stopped believing he could win and, and, and he, he was closing the gap on the cards. But I still don't believe, I think he would have won, even if he'd lost that round, even if he'd got through the round, Mick, I think he would have won. But anyway, he didn't get through the round. He, he did knock him out. And obviously, he went out through the ropes and he got, I think his dad caught him, didn't he? But it, it, when you think about it, like... Uh, what what are the rules on that, Robert? In terms of ropes tightening just, or distance from padding, or it's just the bottom rope is a little bit laid back from the the other three ropes, etc. But you know, on something like that, Matthew, you can you can sit and judge how things are all the time. But you tell me when that's happened before, because I yeah. can't remember that happening before. Or can I tell you when it's going to happen again in the future? It just happened to be a fantastic fight, and he got tired and. Yeah. Ultimately, that's the, that was ultimately the end of it. And, and those two boys, whether you know, whether you agree or not, they were winners that night. That was yeah. a fantastic contest, and it's done Michael no harm whatsoever. And Lee has come out of it exceptionally well, and they'll do it again. I'm fairly sure. Now you're right, Robert. It, it, it takes you have to be in the sport a while to realise it, and it's hard when you're involved in the fight and you lose. It was like when I coming off thought Jamie, I couldn't, I couldn't accept it in that way at that time. But I look back now. And people talk about that fight. And, and now, I, although I lost the fight, I'm proud of my performance. So I know Mick was gutted, but ultimately he'll be able to reflect and think, you know, bar getting knocked out. And I know that's the bit, I know that's the point, but he did put on a, a brilliant performance. Now, Matthew, I remember telling you um, when I was a lot younger and you was a lot younger, that didn't do you any harm, young man. In words to that effect, yeah, yeah. And I don't think I, it, I it was at it was at the uh, it was at the Calzaghi um, when he boxed that tough. Was he Colombian? Um, when we, it was at, it was in Manchester. Sakio Bika. All right, yeah, he was a tough, he was a tough man for Christ's sake. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't remember that. I don't remember the words exactly, but I remember saying yeah. that didn't 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 do you any harm, young man. Uh, that did you good. Now yeah. forget about your boxing career because you obviously achieved a huge amount. But as a man, it made you the man you are now, which is not such a bad thing. You seem no. as though you you got over it. And I was talking to Jamie the other day, and I think he did a fantastic job with Michael, or Rocky, I should say, sorry. Um, they knew they were in trouble. He got rid of him. He, 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 they, he, they took him out They took him out of the ring when they needed to. And I'm very proud of Jamie doing that. So, um, you know. Yeah, I think he got his spot on this man. for all of them. He got it spot on, didn't he? Because it's um, it's a fine line sometimes. You want to give your fighter every opportunity, but you don't want to leave him in there taking a punishment he doesn't need to. And getting the time of it right isn't always an easy call, but I thought he got it absolutely he spot on. He got it spot on. The boy, to say, he's at the end of his career. We know that. Um, and Dan, Daniel boxed exceptionally well, I thought. And I think Daniel is possibly underrated. Um, he's better than most people give him, and 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 Michael, oh, sorry Rocky, um, is coming towards the end. Well, I hope he's come to the end of his career. Look after his family now. But Jamie, Jamie, Jamie got it absolutely spot on. He knew we've done, we're done now. Let's go home, and they should go home. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, we always remember the stoppage um, in Madison Square Garden with Tommy called against Chris Algieri when. He stopped that at exactly the right time as well. And it is incredibly important because I felt two weeks previously at Tottenham Hotspur that Derek Tesora's corner got that one wrong, that they left him in there in there too long. Uh, with regard to things like that, without necessarily going into any specifics, if you feel like people are underperforming in that kind of way when it comes to the treatment and care and well-being of a fighter, is that something that they're license holders, obviously trainers and, and seconds? If you feel that they're 
that people aren't doing their job properly with respect to looking after the welfare of their fighter? Is that something that you could pull a license holder on and speak to them about it? Yes, absolutely. But the, the trouble is, you've got here, Andrew, is um, I'm also an ex... I'm, I'm, I am the first general secretary to be an ex-boxer. So you, you drag me out of a boxing room and I'd be really annoyed. You know, this is what I do. This is how I earn a living. Um, and I fully understand, you know, when Matthew's coming to the end of his career, I'm fairly sure he said, I can do this, I can do that. But possibly he couldn't because circumstances, whatever, you've got, you've got, you've got to understand yourself and understand the people around you. You would hope that the people around you would uh, say, right, we've had enough now. We're just, we're done now. We're finished or whatever. That's not always the case. It's, it's so easy for us to sit at ringside to say, well, we're done because you've got no chance of winning. Um, but they might think, well, I know him better than him. You know, it's all very well, Robert Smith, a grey haired old git who knows bugger all about boxing. And, and, you know, I'm the corner man who's known this boy all his life. Um, we'll give it a go for another round. It might work out. It might not work out. I don't know. It's a very difficult situation to be in. And I do think, actually, on that one, I thought the referee, Victor Lachlan, was in a very difficult position. He pulled it just at the right time. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. He, um, You could see him speaking to the corner, and I think he... I mean, it's not really his job to do it, I guess, but you 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 have to you exercise your common sense as a referee in there more as much as anything else. And he was kind of suggesting to them, you know, to have a bit more of a think about letting him out for another one. But then when they did, he he called time on it pretty um pretty swiftly. Um so you mentioned Jamie Moore there, and that kind of neatly segues us back to uh, uh a controversy from earlier in the year, which was scorecards and scorecards. Never a year will go by or barely will a month go by then scorecards will will be a point of, of contention. And they absolutely were in Scotland at the end of February, probably, probably mapped to a level that we haven't seen for a while, although we can tend to have short memories with this with this kind of thing. The 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 outcry post Taylor Catterall was it was probably as vociferous as as anything I can remember really in recent times. Yeah, I think so. I mean, every 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 time there's a show that there's there's at least one fight which is a competitive close fight, or there's a lot of competitive close rounds. And on those rounds, if you go one way, if one just goes one way and the other goes the other way, and say three swing rounds, we'll call them, they can have completely different scorecards. You know, it is subjective. It's a ten point must system. You know. Maybe the system's flawed, but then what's the alternative? I don't know, and I have thought about it. I've thought quite hard, thinking, because people say it to me, and I think, oh, I don't know, really. But, but it really, it, ultimately, and you know, in football, you're going to score a goal, or you're not going to score a goal. I mean, there's still, you know, there's VAR, and you can win. We can obviously expand on that. But generally, you're either going to win, or you're going to lose, or you're going to draw, and it's just going to be you either score a goal or you don't. But in boxing, who wins a round comes down to an opinion. And... You know, there is criteria because some of these guys are so close. Is it effective aggression, ring generalship, best defence? There is the criteria to go through. but And this all has to be done within, it's less than a minute because you get the card, you make your decision, you suck, you know, and you give it back to the ref and the, the round starts. So, you know, I don't think there's a, a bulletproof answer, to be honest. But I did think Taylor Catterall was one of the worst ones. You know, I, it, it wasn't, and I think sometimes one of the cards is what, you know, the one card that was kind of had him by a, a point, you know. <laughs> Look, I thought it, I thought it was a, I thought they got it wrong that night. I did. I thought, I thought Catrell won it. And I thought it was a close fight. There were competitive rounds, but I thought it, there was only one winner. That was my opinion watching it. No, I'm not, I wouldn't argue with that. Um, I thought Jack won it by a couple of rounds, just watching at ringside, but I'm not a judge. And I was sitting next to people and I was talking during the course of a conversation, during the course of a round, etc. I wasn't just solely judging it. Um, all I know is those judges are honest. They they did it. I believe they're honest. Um, I would put my life on them to tell me the truth, and they did. Um, it's it is subjective. It's as simple as that. And I think, and I, you know, and I as I say, I thought Jack nicked it by two rounds. And two rounds, you can go either way, I believe, personally. Um, 
But, you know, it's one of those things. And we took a huge amount of criticism over it, and I fully understand that. What I don't like is the, um, and I'm not taken away from the decision they made, but the personal abuse that everybody received afterwards is just not acceptable. Um, Life-threatening things that I received and my children received, uh, the judges received, is just not right. This no, is, that's terrible. Forget, forget sport. I mean, I love sport. My whole life has been sport. But for my children to receive death threats is not acceptable. Just not. And, and also, do you know what? I've got to say, and they weren't even there. Because I don't. I, and also, it, when people go, "Oh, it's fixed," and it, it, it isn't. I think people get it wrong. There's a, people don't realise how hard some of these close rounds are to pick a winner in. I think Matthew. I think. Uh, the, the thing you've got here, you know as well as I do, you're, you're a very sensible man in the boxing terms. When it comes to 10-9 system, maybe that's wrong because you can win a round by miles and it's 10-9 and you can just nick a round and it's 10-9, but you still think it's big. Jack, Jack to me, that night, nicked it, ultimately nicked it. But nobody expected him to box as well as he did. So there's another example of everybody thought, I mean, if you tell me differently, everybody thought Josh was going to walk right through him, and he didn't. He just didn't perform, and Jack boxed exceptionally well. Exceptionally well, like oh. a world-class challenger. And, and I'll tell you thought that. I'll tell you another thing what I, thought, what I did realise that night. So, you know, I've got a pretty good seat nearly as good as the judges yeah. and there, there are uh, there are times you know you got cameramen there's people you, you're a little bit lower obviously because the ring canvas is up this high and there are there are moments of the fight the fighters were backed up for the ropes i can't see that clearly if those shots landed but i can hear the noise of the crowd yeah. screaming and they can't see it any better than me but they're probably pissed off and they're cheering for the guy they want they're like Wee! and like you, the ref the judge is there watching it and he's trying to block that all out, but ultimately he's not a machine, he's a human. Yeah. And that that that's why, you know, you do want the home advantage because the noise of the crowd, not consciously, but subconsciously, I do believe, can sway you in a in a razor thin close round where you're undecided. Don't forget we had two English judges and one Scots that night. So yeah. whether it's, you know, we're Brit we're British. Yeah. You like no, but you know British. what I mean, Robert, with the noise of the crowd. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Listen, I was always told when I boxed as an amateur, don't have long hair. Because yeah. if you have long hair and you get hit and you go backwards, it looks like they've been really hit hard. Just have short hair. Then, you know, and you know as well as I do. That may sound very stupid, but it's true. It's absolutely true. It's what the crowd do. But on this occasion, it was tight. And I think it was tight. And I also do believe wrongly or rightly, and it's just my opinion, is TV has such a uh, influence on decisions of what people watch. Um, and if the commentators are telling you that somebody else is Robert Smith beating Matthew Macklin, then you think Robert Smith is beating Matthew Macklin. I'm fairly confident that Matthew Macklin will beat Robert Smith. But that's how I look at it. And I, I do think TV, although we need them, we love them, are very influential. And radio. Yeah, I know. I, 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 but that's that's absolutely right. And there's there's a big responsibility on us, on us for that. Uh, there's just no escaping that. People will generally they are quite often quite um, quite easily led, and the consensus will form around what has happened quickly. It was an interesting one for me because I was away. I was at the Stranger in Bulgaria, and I listened to the last couple of rounds of Five Live, and Carl Frampton, Barry Jones, and Big Ron McIntosh were all as the fight was happening saying. Catterall basically needs to stay on his feet here in the last couple, and he surely got this. And then they really couldn't believe it when he didn't when he didn't get the decision. Um, and I was really looking forward to coming home and watching it because quite often, like like you just said there, a consensus will fall based around the broadcasters, and then when you actually watch it, it turns out it's not really what you've been told it was. In terms of the reaction, but Andrew, can I just add one thing on that? Andrew, ultimately, is how many times have you been to a boxing show when you've walked out there thinking that Rob Smith beat Matthew Macklin, then you watch on television and you think, actually, I don't think he did, because it's your gut feeling. You might not score it properly, but it's your, it's, your, it's how you feel on the night. 
Oh, you touched you touched on something there, Rob, and I know we'll, we won't stand this too long, but there's a 10-point more system. Now, let's say it's a 12-round fight, and let's say me and you are boxing, and I nick the first seven rounds, but the judge goes my way seven times because I've just nicked the first seven rounds. They were competitive close, but he's gone my way seven times. And then the last five rounds, you knock me pillar to post, literally beat the shit out of me. Don't put me down so there's no 10-8 rounds. So he's, I win that fight 7-5. But anyone, any fan who's watching that as a fan, and most fans that are watching it aren't sitting there with a pen and paper scoring it round by round, 10-point muscles. They've just got a perception of who they think won. Every single person will think that you've won that fight. But on a 10-point muscle system, scoring it round by round, I'll have won that fight. You, you and everyone think, think there's but, corruption but and robbery. But you're absolutely right, Matthew. You think about what's happened in the last part of the fight. I remember going to York Call and Jason Cook for Lenny Dawes. And Jason Cook won the first six rounds. Without a doubt, he just won the first six rounds and he lost He lost the set next six rounds. And it was a draw. And there was a complete uproar because Lenny Dawes, everybody said he won the fight. But he didn't. It was a draw. It was 6-6. Six, six. You know, simple as that. And you'll forget what happens on early on. Just forget what happens early do, on. Do, do you know what was like that, Robert? Uh, and I was at it, and it was, it was literally a fight of two halves, identical, six rounds, six rounds. And first, a knockdown in the first round. Even, there was even a knockdown in the last round. James DeGale and Bodo Jack. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was so unlucky, but he could have been good. So it goes. So it goes up. Stupid sport, really, Matthew, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a fight I always think about with regard to that as well is um, Katie Taylor, Delphine Pursuit, the first time around in, in, in the garden. I was doing the card for that one and people were outraged that Pursuit didn't get it. I had it a draw. I thought it was actually quite easy to score, but Pursuit won her rounds bigger than Taylor won hers and she had a really big final round and that leaves an imprint in people's minds that she's won. But if you score it round for round, uh, at least for me anyway, it, she didn't, and there was nothing really wrong with the wrong with the decision. Just, just. Um, but what would you? But what, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, Andrew. But what would you do? That make it. I'd like to say to judges, make it a ten-eight round if it's really big, ten-nine mm. round if it's really short. But then, well, but you're still price. down to. But you're still down to opinion. Down yeah. to opinions, and then you've got That's other the problem. From, I mean, we, you know, people criticise Britain because of they all say we're we're. Uh, like British officials, etc. We have more more of overseas officials here than anybody else. Ultimately, we're very nice, very kind to people. To try to explain to them, this is what we want. This is what we do. When you go to conference conferences, etc., it's very it's very difficult. So, you know, and also, Rob, the me and you control, might think completely different things, Matthew. Completely. The border the border control here as well is by far the 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 strictest and the best commission in terms of drug testing. Anywhere in the world? Yeah, we try to be, yeah. We try to. By a mile? The scoring, I, I mean. think so. I think so, yeah. I think so. We get criticised for it, but we are, we, I believe we are, yeah. Yeah. The, the scoring is just a debate that will that will always always go on. There is a, a decent case to, to be made for um, <clears throat> giving more 10-8s because, as you say, that that situation where you win around big or you can just nick around and you get the same score, it's a 10 it's a 10-9, isn't, isn't ideal. But then, as Matt said, it just becomes a matter of opinion as to where that tipping point is into, into a 10-8. In, in international amateur boxing, which I do quite a lot of, all they talk about is interpreting dominance. And it's 10-9, 10-8, 10-7. And, and you get quite a lot of 10-8s, a reasonable amount of 10-7s. But what they don't do in international amateur boxing is the, the, the knockdown in and of itself doesn't constitute a point, if you like. And some people think that that's good because you can get a flash knockdown and, and they would argue it doesn't really mean that much. But I think in professional boxing, it does need to mean something because yeah. that's the point of professional boxing, isn't it? That you knock people down um, and you stop people. So it's just about application, isn't it, at the end of it? Well, one thing one thing I did notice later in the year um, that, that we all would have done was that one of the judges who was involved that night, uh, Ian, Ian John Lewis, is... Is no longer with you now um, with the board. He's 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 gone else elsewhere, and I just kind of it's his business, and and you know I'm not asking for you to divulge his business, but I just hope it's not because he just he heard the criticism after that particular fight, maybe and thought I just, I don't want this anymore. Uh, I hope not. Uh, he is a very good official. Um, 
we deemed that we, we obviously had healing. You come and explain it, uh, explain things, etc. Uh, I am very disappointed how it's turned out with Ian, but I hope he would come back at some point. Um, he's decided to go elsewhere, so I can't really say more than that. There was, there are things going on which um, is very disappointing for me because I've known Ian for a long, long time, and I've been very supportive of him, and he's been very supportive of me. It's just how life works out, unfortunately. You know what it is as well. I know. I mean, people might say, "Oh, this is a cut pack," but sometimes people just have a bad night. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's you, you, I think you know our officials enough. There was nothing. Listen, an honest decision is a good decision. That's how I work, and I believe everything was an honest decision that night. I would hope it's an honest decision, and I. No, I think so too. I, I think he got it wrong, but I don't think it was out of any dishonesty. No, I don't. I don't no, no, I agree with you. I think it was actually. I think it was. Forget TV. If you really look at that fight, <laughs> tougher fight, it was a closer fight than people give it credit for. I mean, with one person trying to make a fight and one person throwing one or two punches. I mean, you know, getting out of the way. I mean, it was a, in my opinion, you know, I could be completely wrong, but. It's quite a tight. It's a very tight fight. Very tight fight. <coughs> okay, well, blown we'll leave that. Of, blown out of proportion because of the um, commentators, I believe, unfortunately. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can blame you, Matthew, because you're about 200 miles away. It's good. <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I was in Bulgaria. It wasn't me, Gov. Um, but we'll leave, we'll leave that one there. We'll leave that one there. They're, they're going to do it again, hopefully. Um, in the new year, maybe yeah. February, March kind of time. I'd like to be a two. judge on that one, I can tell you. <laughs> Oof, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, did you go to Miami for Daniel Dubois against Trevor Bryan? No, I didn't. No, no, no. Oh, was, that's, uh, a, that's a I, shame uh, because I, that I looked like an interesting trip. trip. I heard it was a very uh, interesting trip though, yeah. Yeah, well, these are the things. These are the things that um, that interest me greatly as, as part of the, the the job at times. Usyk AJ in Saudi. I'm pretty sure we saw you over there, didn't we? Yes, I did that one. Yeah, yeah. So, what did you make of that? All right. I mean, Usyk is a very um, slick operator, um, and you know it's all very well. You know, we're talking about Tyson and Usyk. I don't actually believe Tyson has ever boxed anybody as clever as Usyk. And I really think he's going to give him real tricky difficulties. Maybe not a hard fight, but really tricky difficulties. And um, however, I do think at six foot nine and how fast that Tyson is, is bloody difficult to beat him. Um, and I, that's what I think. But I just think Usyk is a very, very competent, actually a great fighter. Great fighter, I think. Really, whether he's big enough, I don't know, but he's a really good fighter. And and to be fair to Anthony, you know, with all due respect, he started boxing at bloody 17. You know, give the man some credit. I mean, it's all very well saying, you know, he's not as good as this and good as that. I mean, he didn't box him, well, won his gold medal when he was 20 or 19 or 20. Remarkable story, absolute remarkable story. And he met somebody who'd been to two Olympics before. Let's just give people credit, you know. Where is true? You know, when he was when he was pulling out after the fight, Robert, um, you know, an hour after now, maybe an hour and a half, probably longer, and we, he was heading to the press conference. It was all off-site. It was all at the same place, but off-site, wasn't it, in like a built-up yeah. kind of marquee thing. And, uh, and you know, I'm obviously retired now for six, six years, so you, you can reflect on things differently. And, uh, you know, I said to him, listen, I know you won't feel this now, but in time, you'll be prepared of that performance. I said, you pushed him fucking close, yeah. pardon my language. And I said, and he's a great fighter. He's a bad style for you. You were better tonight than he than you were in in, in uh, Tottenham. But he was better too. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. I think sometimes people just don't get, just don't get um, ability. And he's just too good. I mean, ultimately, he was just too good on two occasions. And that's class. And the kid is class. And it's not just his boxing class. As a man, he's quite classy as well, actually, to be honest with you. I've met, I've met him a couple of times. He's a very classy kind of guy. And um, listen, sometimes you beat, you lose to somebody who's better than you. And that's just life, isn't it? That's how it goes. Thank God yeah, for that. You know? 
No, it, abs- it absolutely is. And I, th- I think it's something that people, I'm not quite sure how, but with elite level sports, sometimes they, they can tend to lose sight of it. They look at the the backing that people have got. They look at the facilities and the resources and all this talk of marginal gains and, and all that kind of thing. And But there is a thing called talent and ability and some people are better than others. And that's just how it is. And that's how it's always been and how it always will be. And every now and again, you get a gap between yourself and somebody else. And he closed it, but he just couldn't bridge it. And I mean, you're talking, but you are, you're, to be fair, Andrew, I mean, you're, you're talking about facilities, et cetera. They've got better facilities than we've ever had. Even, I'm, I'm fairly, I mean, the gym I used to train, we had no facilities at all. It was a spit bucket and whatever it was, a wooden floor and whatever, and a, stinky old showers. I'm fairly sure that Matthew possibly had a better gym than I did. And then somebody else has got a better gym than me or whatever. I, 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 I don't know about that. Matt. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, Robert, if you've seen small well, I suppose Birmingham's a bit different from St. Ives and Cambridge, but still, but still. We, we, we're from the country, Jake. We're from the country, Matthew, for Christ's sake, but still. But, you know, when you go to Sheffield, and the facilities are fantastic in Sheffield and whatever. However, when it comes to the nitty-gritty, ultimately... Have you got it? And are you good enough? And that's what it is. And uh, you can have the, uh, I may sound very raw or whatever, but if you really want it, do you really want to do it? And that's the hard bit. And the next thing is, can you do it? And uh, ultimately, not many people can, and some people can. And I just think, I just think Anthony met somebody who uh, 10 times, you know, 10 fights, he'd win twice ultimately because you you think is a bloody good fighter and in my opinion no that's uh fantastic to watch just one thing with those with those saudi fights and there'll be more of them because fury Usyk, if that gets made hopefully it will that'll be in saudi arabia if fury aj had happened then i think you know you would imagine that they would have a strong claim uh, to take it over there as well that that's kind of what what's happening now rather than these big fights uh going to America um, is heading <coughs> east. Um, if I remember rightly, for the first one, the rematch against Ruiz, that was basically a British Boxing Board of Control show, wasn't it? I think your officials were over there pretty much oh, yeah, yeah. pretty much running it. But for the second one, for this one, that wasn't, it wasn't, was it, I don't think? No, on the first fight, um, they didn't have a commission. So Matt Trum asked us to go over and run the show, which we did. Uh, for the second fight, they now have a commission, which is American base, etc. And we we were asked a proposition. I said, "No, we're not going to do that." And that's, they they run it themselves. So that was it. Worked. It, it seemed to work quite well. No problem at all. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't see any problems over there. Um, not not in the slightest. Um, so that was August. Now September and October. They're, they're, we're, only, we're only in September and October. For Christ's sake. Yeah. How long have we been talking for? <laughs> About 40 minutes, probably. Um, September, October was a couple of interesting months. September, you get thrown at you the kind of situation that that literally you might get once every, at the minute, once every kind of 50 years uh, or something like that. It had, never, it had never happened in my lifetime previously, not in most of ours, uh, not any of ours, and not in most people's. So the Queen passes away. Um, and that happened on the Thursday of fight week for the original date for uh, Savannah Marshall against Caressa Shields. Been a, a terrific build-up, a lot put into it. Um, the promotion was was tremendous. It was really peaking. It was tilling that crescendo. And then all of a sudden something happens for which big news outlets would have some kind of protocol in place from obits ready to go and that kind of thing. But for the rest of us, you're just kind of sitting there just thinking, all right, well, what, what do we... What do we do now? So, was that the scene at, at the BBBFC HQ in Cardiff? Because it's it's not something you can really prepare for. I don't think. No, it wasn't. Um, and I think the scene. I remember. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I remember right, I've only had one monarch. To be honest, with you, and now two monarchs. So it's, it's quite difficult to uh, know what to do. But um, I think she passed away on the Thursday, wasn't it? So I was travelling up on the Friday um, to go to the weigh-in. And as soon as she, as soon as she passed, um, I sort of notified the promoters. We've got a bit of a problem. We're going to have a chat because there was there were seven or eight shows that weekend. I think it wasn't just it wasn't just the um, 
Boxer Show. It was, you know, there was Errol Johnson, Steve Wood. There was other shows, Sam, Sam Kine, the show. So, um, and to be honest with you, I didn't know, I didn't I had no idea what to do. It's never happened before. I had no idea what to do. However, um, the decision was we will suspend boxing uh, for that day. And uh, we did, uh, whether wrongly or rightly, but we did. You know, she's she was the queen, for God's sake. And that's that's how I looked at it. And, you know, she's only been the biggest presence of my life other than my parents. So uh, that's what we did. And um, I think we got it right. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised, Matt. Were you? Because it's you one of those situ- it's one of those situations where you, you have to you have to make a decision, and it's better, I think, to make your own decision early rather than kind of wait and see what everybody else does and then just copy them because that just looks like you're not really making a decision at all. Look, it's easy to make a decision when you've got no accountability or responsibility attached to you. When you're in the books, stops with you. It's on you. It's a lot harder to make that call. But I, at the time, I thought. I thought the boxers should have carried on. I thought, you know, the uh, the cricket and the rugby went ahead. I think they could have done some really good VTs on Sky. They could have really, you know, put some good program highlights. They could have sent a massive tribute. That have been remember the, where they were kind of um, playing tribute at one of the football matches. Um, I thought that that that's what the way they could have done it. I thought because at the time as well, you're thinking, what's going in to put this fight together? You know, is that is that going to be doable again? As it worked out, it was. But on the day when the decision got made, I was thinking, the cricket's going on, the rugby's going on. We could do a VT. There could be a big, you know, tribute in the arena. I thought they should have went on, went ahead with it, unless unless every sport was stopped and then you can't do anything. But I also accept that it's easy for me to say that I'm not the one making the decision. Yeah. I, I fully respect that, but we pulled the... We say we. I, I pulled with with, with, with <coughs> backing from other people. The shows on the Friday, so I think there was three shows on the Friday and five on the Saturday. So I believe once you pulled one, you've got to pull the others. Um, secondly, from that is it was, and I know I know that the show was a huge show, um, as in female big show, etc. There's a lot of. Um, Glamour going on with well, glamour is the wrong word, but you know, pyrotechnics and all things like that making it look really happy, etc. And I do, you know, whether you like it or not, I am a royalist, whatever, and I do think they got it right. Um, it was tough, and people would criticize me, and I can live with that. Um, but I think we got it right. I mean, the only thing that really the football stopped, football stopped on the Friday, football stopped on the Saturday, rugby didn't. And that kind of didn't help us, but we made our own decision. Um, and that was, you know, we didn't follow anybody else. We made a decision. And uh, I like to think we're big and strong and ugly enough to make our own decisions. Which we did. Yeah. Whether yeah. you agree or not, Matthew, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we, got, we went ahead in October and it was a cracking show, wasn't it? Well, I think it was possibly better. And I think it was better. Yeah. Too many I, I mean, listen, we've done something, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the right words, and I'm just talking to you, you know, as, as I would talk to a friend. Um, I think we got it right, actually, because um, the show went really well in the end. Um, and what harm did it do anybody, ultimately? No, I think by, you know, five weeks later, everybody was happy to come back. Uh, none of the fights fell away. Everybody just really wanted to be involved in it. That didn't change. And it gave it a little bit longer to build. And on the night, I went as a fan on the night and it was it was sold out and it was it was some spectacle. You're talking about one show. I'm talking about seven shows that night, that weekend, right? So it's all very well saying, well, we lost out on this. We lost seven shows that weekend. So there's all the promoters that night that weekend took a big hit as we did financially took a huge hit but ultimately in my opinion it's the queen i mean you know whether we like the queen or not or the monarchy or what it's the queen and that's what we did and and we maybe do it again for the king i don't know but um it's one of those things isn't it robert it's an impossible decision and you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't listen I got more, well, I've got, I got quite a lot of criticism all the time, for Christ's sake, but I got quite a lot that weekend. Um, but I'm I'm very happy with it. I'm just, you know, it's one of those things. And I, hopefully I don't have to do it again. 
No, I wonder mean, when and, Matthew Macklin passes away, and I just <laughs> I stop boxing for a year, will I? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as you said, you you know you had to make a decision, and 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 you made a decision, and you stand by the decision, and that's really all that anybody can do in 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 that situation. And I just remember sitting there when when the news came up on the screens in the hotel, just thinking, oh Jesus, like I wonder what what does this mean now? And and I think you know we're, we're not that far out of the back of a pandemic where promoters couldn't promote for a long time, and it just. It just kind of gave you flashbacks to that that period where just getting that, getting shows organised and getting shows on was so hard. Andrew, that that was a tough time. I mean, um, you know, I remember was it seventeenth of March or whatever. I went out to make the phone calls to cancel the shows for your call and whatever it was. And that was that was a really rough time because you didn't know what you were dealing with. You had no idea when you're going to come back. You had no idea when people were going to earn money again. You had no, no idea of the medical issues, etc. Um, that was one of the toughest mornings I've ever had, other than, unfortunately... Um, uh, I'd say that whole period, Robert. I'd say coming back, behind closed doors was hard, was it? I would say for the country or for the world, it was very difficult. But personally, and I can be honest with you, the, the worst times I've ever had is when people have died. You know, yeah. I've had three deaths being general secretary. Yeah. But this was the closest, this was the closest bloody thing I've ever had it, which is stopping people trying to earn a living. That was tough. And also the question is, when can we run again? And I just say, I have no idea. I have no idea. And they meant to they say to you, well, you should know, because you meant to know everything. And I have no, I had no idea. And, uh, so, well, I'm not God. <laughs> well, some people think I am, but I'm not. <laughs> My wife doesn't, for sure. That we're going to say, but no, but 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 when, when you don't know something, you just got to say I don't know. And and to be fair, as as the industry we're in, if you think about the type of industry we're in, start running on the 10th of July after the 17th of March. The 10th of July is fantastic. What we achieved, or what was what this organisation, not just me, but what this organisation achieved with the doctors and whatever is bloody remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. And I'm only talking from a Sky perspective. I know Frank and B2 did their own thing, but uh, the fight camp was actually brilliant. Yeah. It was good for for the first two. After that, it got a bit boring. But (laughs) (laughs) But there's some good fights, aren't it? Yeah, there was. I mean, I do think... um, the, the garden was good, was interesting in Matrim Garden. That was interesting. But the first, the first one with Frank did. Frank did the first one um, at the uh, the BT Studios, and that was it. Was just different. It was just like a, a spa, it was, I don't know. I'm not condemning it, but it was a sparring session sort of thing. It didn't feel real, but we felt real because we got it going again. Do you know what I think? And I think I think it affected some fighters worse than others. Like Warrington, someone who used to box in a massive crowd, he couldn't get going, could he? I think I think it affected Warrington big time. Of all the of all the boxers that I saw, Warrington, I don't think could cope with it. He needed the crowds, and and he got caught early as well. So so it goes. You know what it's like. You get caught early, you can't recover, and that was it. Yeah, I look back on it, and it's it's that kind of period where I I can't quite believe it all happened. Um, I'm self-employed, so it wasn't something that I look back on with enormous fondness. But having said that, it was it was a if you can get through that um, as a community, as a uh, as a global community, and come out the other side of it, then you know there is there is some there, there is some hope for all of us after all. But um, we won't keep you too much longer, but we do need to ask you about one more period. There's not really very much you can say about it. Uh, it's the Conor Ben saga, which obviously hit the the press, hit the mainstream, um, made its way to the ears of boxing fans in early October. There are lots of legalities going on with this. It's an ongoing situation, so you really can't get it stuck into any specifics. We know that, and everybody who is listening to it will understand that. You talked just a minute ago about the most difficult things you've had to deal with and, and them being deaths, and that's that, that's always going to be the case. I mean, there's nothing you can 
come across as going to be more upsetting emotionally than that. But in, in terms of how hard it was or has been, um, where does it rate this 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 whole episode? Um, well, I, as you said, I can't say a lot, but it's the most confusing time, personally. Um, I've dealt with um, adverse findings or positive tests before, whatever you want to call it, and uh, I've never dealt with something as tricky as this, and I don't know why. Um, and that's all really I can say, unfortunately. Uh, I'd love, one day we'll be able to talk about it, but at the present time, the lawyers who work for the board said, you can't say this, you can't say that, but I don't understand it. And I can honestly say, hand on heart, I don't understand what's going on, and I'm not clever enough to say that I know what's going on. So uh, something will come out of it, and we'll see what happens after that. Matt, Matt that kind of... That does kind of say it all, really. That that encapsulates, I think, where all of us are with it. Uh, and again, there's no point even us getting bogged down in in any details. Or it's one of those situations where you think you know something, and then it turns out that actually you didn't really. Uh, and we just need some kind of resolution to it sooner rather. Later, but as for what that will be, I mean, I've honestly, I've honestly no idea. Yeah, I think people just want a conclusive uh, end to it, don't they? Not, not something that's going to leave a sort of open-ended uh, room for debate or you know, the one, the one, a fairly conclusive decision, don't they? That's, that's, I guess, that's what everyone wants, and and, and ends at closure, got closure on it, one way or the other. And the, tr- the trouble with this, Jay, without trying to be guarded in what I say, but um, there's no conclusive uh, ending to this. This is just, it will be what the lawyers do. Uh, the, the only people who's going to win is going to be the lawyers, unfortunately, and that's a fact. Um, but they'll do their best to look after their clients and we'll see where we go from there. And But whatever anybody believes, they'll believe it. And that's how it is. Simple as that. So to finish with, any Lonsdale belts? It's been a fantastic year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, let's the, look at the good things for Christ's sake. This, the Robert, you said, know I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but somebody said to you today, it's been a pretty <laughs> shit year, Robert. So actually, it hasn't. We've got you know ninety thousand people at Wembley or sixty thousand people at Spurs. We had I know, I know uh, Catrell and Taylor didn't go as well you wanted to, whatever. We had some really good contests. Really, the sport's doing bloody well, and ultimately, let's just be happy. It's doing well. I always say, at the end of the year, if you can, or at the end of the day, you can look at look at it and say, did the good outweigh the bad? Absolutely. Yeah. And if you look at it, Matthew, John Pegg runs with Tom Owens runs fantastic shows in the Midlands. Steve Wood runs really good shows in Manchester and Liverpool. You know, Carl Greaves in Nottingham does great shows, etc. Forget all the big shows. You know, 80% of our shows are people that we've known all our lives, ultimately, right? And what's wrong with that? It's fantastic. The, the sport is doing really, really well. And when I retire, which will hopefully not be too long, but it will retire, I think I've left it in a better position than I started off with because... Unfortunately, today I was told the news the former General Secretary John Morris passed away yesterday, who took me on, and I owe so much to him. God bless him. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, absolutely. Thoughts go out to his uh, to his his family, and the good definitely has outweighed the bad. It's been a good year, you know. We 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 picked back picked back through some highlights, but we've also had to throw in a few a few. Uh, not curveballs uh, exactly, but situations where you know you found it difficult to deal with the odd yeah, thing yeah. because you know we wouldn't really be doing this properly if we didn't do that. One final I, one: Have you, to my knowledge, I don't think there have been any Lonsdale belts won outright this year. I hope not. They cost fifteen thousand pounds every bloody time you give them away. But no, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Just just tell people because they they are interested in this because they ask no, me no, about no. this quite a lot. No, no, not not this year. I think. Um, Dan Aziz must be knocking on the door. Daniel did his third. Daniel did his third on Saturday, so yeah. he's got one more to go. You need a mandatory. 
So um, a lot of them haven't got there. But no, is, has he got, is he beat his mandatory though? Because he won the Shaken, I think Shaq and Peters was his mandatory. He so was, yeah. He go. was. Yeah. So really, good, he should try and get a fast a, one in. That was a good performance with mm. uh, with Daniel. I thought, um, I know Rocky didn't make the weight and everything, or maybe wasn't quite there, but Daniel was one of the boys who's, really, I think, really coming on, actually. Mm. You know, I don't know how old he is. Late twenties, I don't know, but he's really, really. I think he's off. early thirties, but he's a fresh. He's a young girl. He's, he's a fresh. He's a fresh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he can fight, actually. So, um, and not just that, he's a nice person. So, uh, we've. Got, if you look, if you look at the um, talent we have as a small nation, we're lucky. We're very lucky, and uh, which is good. We'll be good. Yeah, it will see yeah. me out anyway. Yeah, a lot to look forward to. A lot to look forward to uh, next year. So Dan just won away, and yeah, if you win that belt outright, as you say, it's fourteen and a half, fifteen grand's worth, gold plated silver, I believe. Yeah. And do you give the fighter the one that's in circulation, and then buy a new one? Have to buy a new one for yeah, that yeah. weight division? Is that how it goes? No, it's, it, what's in circulation? If you look around my office, you can't obviously see. I've got a couple of Lonzo belts in my office, but no, it's the one that um, is in circulation. And then we buy a new one, yeah. So it starts all over again. Did, did Froch send his back because he thought, <laughs> because he no. thought it wasn't it wasn't in no. good enough condition? No. You you know Froch as well as I do. He wouldn't give anything away for Christ. <laughs> 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 no, he didn't send it back. No, he didn't send it. Back. He took it straight away. He took it straight away. What well, we like it. to do is get it back and get it engraved, so it's got their name and on on and who they box with and whatever. So they so. And I've got a little um, safe around the corner here with about five or six in there. The rest are out in circulation, but um, I shouldn't really tell you that because people might be walking by looking at the, looking at the, it's, looking at the alarms. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, what, it's one regret. I've got that... Um, look, it's not a regret because things moved on quickly and I went straight into the European time. That's just the way it went and that's what I was ready to. But I would have loved to have... You know, made the three defences and, and won it outright because because it, it probably is the nicest belt in boxing, isn't it? I I, I hope so. Um, it's a beautiful trophy. I mean, you know, whatever the whatever couple, it's a beautiful trophy. But don't forget, Matthew. There's so many boxers who have won the British Championship, moved on to something else really quickly, never won a Lonsdale belt. So I wouldn't put yourself down too far. You know, one of my favourite fighters, Dave Boy Green, never won a Lonsdale belt, but he was British champion. And uh, John Conti, who's, you know, in my opinion, is the greatest British boxer that's ever walked on the planet, um, never won a Lonsdale belt, I, I don't believe. So you're in good company, Matthew. I wouldn't worry about it. it, it, it John Conti was the guest of honour um, when I had my first ever amateur boxing show. Not, he wasn't there for me, obviously. <laughs> He was the guest of honour at a boxing show at the Grand Hotel in Birmingham, St. Patrick's Night, St. Patrick's Day night, 1994. Well, he must have been really impressed because he didn't go back again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. gentlemen, God bless you. We'll wind it up there. Yeah, thanks very much yes, for your time. We've, we've kept you longer than we said we would, but that we always do that. Oh, no, um, have a great Christmas. Standard. But uh, yeah, have a great Christmas and we'll see you again early next year. Smith Eubank, probably. More than likely, yes. More than likely. So, God bless you all. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks very much. And thanks very much for, for listening, everybody. We will be back in the new year. Uh, that week, actually, that fight week, we'll, we'll bring you like a couple of podcasts that week, I think, um, like we used to for big fight weeks because uh, now, now I'm back on the Sky Train. This, these things are kind of easier to do. I, I've had a mad finish to the year. Like This year has been... Things have appeared and they've disappeared and they've appeared again and they've disappeared again and it's been extremely unpredictable. But that's boxing, yeah. <laughs> that, that absolutely is boxing. That's that. That was a good chat with Rob there. He, he's always honest, isn't he, and open about yeah. things. And obviously, he just he can't he can't say anything about Conor Bennett. It'd be great if he could, but he can't. He's as open as he can be. You know, yeah. ultimately, he's got a very um, you know he's he's got a certain position and there's certain things he just can't say. Yeah, exactly. Connor put out a statement the other day saying that, you know, his team have, have done what they needed to do and, and things will come to light soon and things will be released and and all the rest of it. He was quite, um, he was on the front foot with it. And um, we just got to wait for that. We just got to, we just got to wait for that, see what it, see what it entails and then see how things, 
move forward. But it has been an interesting year. It, um, it, it really has. I mean, it always is, isn't it? Boxing's just, that, that's what's so great about working in it. Just There is never a, <laughs> never moment. a dull moment. Never a dull moment. Um, okay. We shall, uh, we shall bid you farewell, everybody. Thanks for listening. And like I said, we will be back in the new year. Have a great Christmas. Uh, Macklin's grown a beard. You'll have seen that on Sky. There's a bit of white in it. The reason for that is that he's making his debut as Santa at the Bull Ring. Um, Monday through Saturday this week, 4 p.m. Oh, to, to 8 p.m. to get down there. He's handing up presents. He's handing up presents. All right, everybody, take it easy. We'll see you again soon. Yes, that line falls on the right page. Podcast Network.